Greetings, greetings, greetings and salutations to all and all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the end of the night shift week. Welcome to the thing we call Real Talk Wednesday. Also known as Marlon's favorite night shift broadcast. Track is called With You. Drinking with you, I'm moving with you, I'm grooving with you. You give me a kind of purpose. I want to say big up to each and everyone locked in right now, those on tune in radio, the night shift to DJ Kevin Steele. The affiliate stations are all over. Big ups to those on NIE Radio out of New Jersey. Much love. On, let's do the crazy thing that we do because it's only we can do it, you know. I want to say thanks to Paul C. E. Media Group for sponsoring this segment of the broadcast. When being in a moment is priceless, get him a call. Innovative streaming and recording solutions. 754-999-6020 gets you in touch. Tell them DJ Kevin Stew sent you. 
It's Real Talk Wednesday. It's on a five-star Akil. Track called With You. Provide that purpose in someone else's life. Do you feed off others' neediness or devote all your energy to one, to your one and only? Well, if your answer is yes, well, not to the first question, but to the the the, the last two, one. Do you feed off others' neediness or devote all your energy to your one and only? If you do, well, you could be codependent. And tonight, what we're looking at on Real Talk is codependence or interdependence. Now, just so that you know, um, if if it so happens that your mood, your happiness, your identity is all defined by another person, you could be in a codependent relationship. The word codependent is, is, is one of those words that gets thrown around a lot. And um, there are codependent couples, codependent companions, and codependent caretakers. But when you talk about codependency, you know, what, what, what are you really talking about? And is it such a bad thing? So, first of all, what is codependency? Codependency is typically discussed in the context of substance abuse. Where one person is abusing the substance and that person depends on the other person to supply money, food, shelter. But codependency is, is, is much broader than that, says Jonathan Becker, uh, a DO, an associate professor of clinical psychiatry at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee. According to everydayhealth.com, codependency Dr. Becker says, can be defined as any relationship in which two people become so invested in each other that they can't function independently anymore. Your mood, your happiness, and identity are defined by the, by the other person. In a codependent relationship, there is usually one person who is more passive and can't make decisions for themselves. And a more dominant personality who gets some reward or, and satisfaction from controlling the other person 
and making decisions about how they will live. According to Mental Health America, codependency is often referred to as relationship addiction. In that codependent people tend to form and become dependent on unhealthy, emotional, harmful relationships. Codependency becomes problematic when one person is, is, is taking advantage of the other financially or emotionally. What's behind this behavior, though, is typically subconscious. One person is not necessarily knowingly trying to manipulate the other. Even if that's the outcome, similarly, a person who defines himself or herself through the relationship may not be doing so in a conscious way. Gaining awareness of the subconscious motivations at work is key to improving the situation. Enabling is a sign of unhealthy codependence. Mary Catherine Segota, psych doctor, a clinical psychologist at, at, at Counseling Resource Services in Winter Garden, Florida, describes enabling as a behavior that is used to ease relationship tension caused by one person's problematic habits. Enabling behavior, which is rarely seen in healthy relationships, includes bailing your partner out, whether it be bailing them out of jail or bailing them out of financial situations, repeatedly giving them another chance, ignoring the problem, accepting excuses, always being the one trying to fix the problem or constantly coming to the rescue in other ways. Having a codependent personality is not currently considered a diagnosable mental health condition, but some researchers has, have suggested a connection between codependent traits and conditions that are recognized in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the guide used by mental health professionals for diagnosis. For instance, an exploratory study in alcoholism treatment quarterly found a correlation between codependency and borderline personality disorder traits. Some of you might remember some time ago I, I, I looked at um, borderline personality disorders. It was uh, quite interesting. And you can find it in the archives if you go to, to, to YouTube and you search through the Night Shift to a DJ, Kevin Stew, you can find that broadcast in the archives. Codependent personalities usually follow a pattern of behaviors that are consistent, problematic, and directly interfere with the individual's emotional health and ability to find fulfillment in a relationship. Signs of codependency include excessive caretaking, controlling, and preoccupation with people and things outside ourselves. This says Sharon Wegshatter-Cruz, who's a consultant, educator, and author of numerous books, including Understanding Codependency. Signs of codependency 
would include difficulty making decisions in a relationship, difficulty identifying your feelings, difficulty communicating in a relationship, valuing the approval of others more than valuing yourself, lacking trust in yourself and having poor self-esteem, having fears of abandonment or an abusive need for approval, sorry, an obsessive need for approval, having an unhealthy dependence on relationship, even at your own cost, having an exaggerated sense of responsibility for the actions of others. These are some signs of being codependent or codependency. Not all codependent relationships turn sour, according to to Becker. Any healthy relationship will have some codependency and give and take. For example, it's reasonable if one partner looks to another for advice or guidance on a major decision. But if you seek out, maintain, or even feed off relationships that are not fulfilling or healthy, you could be codependent. Once codependency is identified, it can be successfully treated, though. And there are a few ways to, to get some of that treatment done. You, have, you can pursue counseling. Whereas you, you, you talk to a mental health provider to help rebuild your sense of self and realize why you rely so much on another person. Codependency results from a, a failure to set personal boundaries. And learning how to do that through therapy is essential to healing. You may want to consider couples therapy. Sometimes the relationship can be helped or even saved by therapy to reduce codependency, according to Becker. You can reconnect with friends and family. Being in a codependent relationship can lead to isolation, which fuels the loss of self. Call or email those from whom you've, been, you've distanced yourself and start to rebuild these relations. Carve out some you time. If you once enjoyed music and gave up lessons or practicing, go ahead and pick up where you left off. Return to doing the things that you once enjoyed before you became so enmeshed with the other person. Um, seek treatment for substance abuse. If you are abusing drugs or alcohol, talk to your doctor about treatment options. And this will also holds true for the other partner. As there are support groups and resources for family members affected by substance abuse, such as Al-Anon. So, it's, it's not just those that, that, that are caught up in the situation as the ones who are doing the enabling or desiring the enabling that can get treated or that would need treatment, but other members of, of the family, other relations, other friends might need treatment also. So 
if you're codependent, if your partner is codependent, if someone you're close to, a family member, is codependent, you can collectively get treatment. Now, understand that being codependent is not the same thing as simply being dependent. And um, Leon Seltzer, who has a PhD, did an article in Psychology Today a few years ago. And in it, it says, in some ways, it's crucial that these two types of dependency be recognized as distinct, as it has often been the case. Not that codependent individuals are not dependent on, on others, but paradoxically, that's, that they're primarily dependent on the other person's dependence on them. So what's the peculiar dynamic operating in, in such a relationship, you might wonder? Because it is not very healthy for either party involved. It's also important to distinguish codependent relationships from interdependent ones. As defined psychologically, codependence is clearly maladaptive and dysfunctional. It may have a certain mutuality to it, but it's negatively symbiotic in a way independent interdependency is not. Having dependency needs isn't by itself unhealthy. We all have these dependent needs. In an interdependent relationship, however, each party is able to comfortably rely on the other for help, understanding, and for support. It is a value-added kind of thing. The relationship contributes to both individuals' resilience, resourcefulness, and inner strength. At the same time, each party remains self-sufficient and self-determining. They maintain a clear identity apart from the relationship and are quite able to stand on their own two feet. Now, codependency, that's a little bit different. If you want to participate in, in this broadcast as we go along, you want to call in, you want to text in, you can do so using 773-789-7839. Easy way to remember it, 773-789-STEW. You can call, you can text, you can WhatsApp, you can Telegram. Um, also, you can go ahead and, and Skype me, Kevin.Stew is a Skype handle. If if those methods don't work for you, you can go ahead and use Skype. And of course, you guys on Facebook Live, I, I do welcome your comments, your feedback. Now, when it comes to a codependent union, 
both parties or one of the members in the relationship are over dependent on the other. It's a relationship in which the two individuals lean so heavily on one another that both of them are left off balance. In their desperate trying to get core dependency needs met, um, their, their, their desperation to have this happen, their true identities are distorted. And their development and potential personally, socially, and professionally, get stifled. The relationship is reciprocal only in that it enables both of them to avoid confronting their worst fears and self-doubts. As opposed to healthy dependency, which is defined as interdependence, the codependent individual in such a relationship needs to be needed if they're to feel okay about themselves. They simply can't feel this way unless they're giving themselves up or sacrificing themselves for their partner. Now, unfortunately, without being depended upon, sometimes virtually as, 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 as a lifeline, they feel alone, inadequate, insecure, and unworthy. So they they totally lose themselves. That you 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 probably see this as a recurring theme that they lose themselves in the relationship. They lose themselves in their partner. They are just totally, totally gone. <laughs> and again, it may not necessarily be such a horrible thing. But, you know, it's not where you really want to be if you want to maintain a healthy relationship. Oop. Yeah, let's not throw, toss things all over the place. Kevin, let's not do that. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just keep moving things around and... Okay, cool. So... If we look a little bit deeper, as according to psychologytoday.com, into the anxieties, the secret shame uh, of, of, of those that suffer from this, we get a, a deeper understanding. And so, generally, as children... The codependents' needy parents repeatedly gave them the message that their own wants and needs should be regarded as secondary to their caretakers. To the extent that these children neglected their needs and focused on their parents. They could, be, they could feel valued um, just so that their parents could feel valued, that is. But to the degree that they allowed themselves to assert their own quite legitimate dependency needs, they were subject either to indirect punishment, like getting the silent treatment, or actually 
being verbally or physically attacked. The spectrum kind of wide. In so, in, in, in so many words, they were told that they were selfish and should feel guilty about thinking only of themselves. And it should be noted that in such families, at least one of the parents was probably an addict. Um, they were probably arrested in their development and childishly seeking to compensate for their own earlier deprivation through a substitute. The dependency on their child. They defined the child's roles in terms of serving them, not the reverse. So they weren't there to take care of the needs of the child. The child was there to take care of their needs. Most codependents then learned as children that to be good enough, to be accepted by their parents, they had to deny or repress many of their, their thoughts, their own feelings, their impulses. In attempting to secure their tenuous uh, parental uh, bond, they were required to forget about what they really liked, what they really wanted, and what they needed. They, they even, at times, were required to forget who they were. So, it's only to be expected that once grown up and endeavoring to live their own life, they end up being saddled with deep, internalized programming, regularly reminding them that to be accepted by others, they had to make their own needs, which at this point in their development have pretty much been dimly, they, 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 they would dimly recognize it. They would barely recognize their own needs. And this would become subordinate to others. Early emotional survival programs, once adaptive but no longer appropriate, continue to control their thoughts and their actions. It's, it's scary, isn't it? The problem is, it is real. And a lot of, of, of people that we come into contact with today, a lot of, uh, they could be our friends or even some of our own family members, they, this, is, this is their life. This is what they've gone through. Now you might ask a question, boy, you know, how did they get to this point? And that would be a legit question to ask. But that's a question that one would have to sit with a therapist, in my opinion, to get to the bottom of. I want to thank uh, Policy Media Group for sponsoring the first segment of the broadcast and say thank you to Althea and her healing heavenly hands for sponsoring this segment. Althea is a licensed massage therapist operating out of Broad County, North Miami-Dade and South Palm Beach counties. She comes to you with her table, her oils, and of course her healing heavenly hands and over 20 years of experience. Give her a call, 954-655-9000. 
and schedule your appointment today and see if she can come and take care of you now she comes to you covid free so if you have the virus don't call her because the way she comes to you is the way that she'd like to leave and to take it a step further her brand new business chioli change your lifestyle change your life she is a certified personal trainer so you can use that same number and give her a call when your muscles ache after um getting your personal training workout she is right there to take care of your muscles by being your massage therapist so give althea a call 954-655-9000 or email her net. Um, brand new website, brand new email coming soon. And so you can take advantage of that. Hey, Jenny's, how are you doing, my dear? Good to see you. So if you're just tuning in tonight, we're talking about codependent and interdependent relationships. And we're, we're looking right now at what codependency is. And how to, 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 to recognize what it is. So how might these individuals that we were talking about before we um, transition into this segment, the ones that, that, that grew up in a codependent home, how do these adults, how would they be characterized? Well, their self-esteem depends on the validation of others. Meaning, they can't self-validate or independently approve of themselves. Their sense of worth, as fragile as it is, and well-being is extremely vulnerable. Making them highly sensitive and reactive to others. Their ability to assert their needs in a relationship, um, assuming they're in a committed one, not just with their, their partner, but with others as well, is highly constrained. And if they do assert them, they're likely to feel guilty afterwards. Their sense of responsibility centers more on the other person's feelings, needs, wants, and desires than on their own. Consequently, others' attitudes, actions, and reactions typically govern what they say and what they do. Their basic ability to set boundaries with others and possibly others' requests of or demands on them is highly restricted, as typically it was with their intrusive parents who regularly used them to compensate for the nurturing they themselves never received from their caretakers. Their behavior is largely dictated by an underlying fear of being alone, and so feeling abandoned, spurned, or rejected. Their feelings are experienced as less than less their own than tied to another's behavior. 
their sense of themselves in situations of discord is that they are victims, unable to be heard, sympathized with, or even understood. Their loyalty to others can go substantially beyond what is warranted and it may end up hurting them typically this 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 loyalty is compulsive their personal values are second guessed sacrificed or ignored when they conflict with another's to protect a relationship they're actually ready to forfeit to forfeit their own integrity they'll do whatever it takes to make the relationship survive yet codependence and uh, this is actually considered to be one of the most fascinating aspects of their character codependence may not outwardly look dependent interesting right they can disguise even beyond recognition their urgent reliance on others to conform their to to confirm their fundamental worth and you might wonder well how, how exactly do they go about doing this well typically by saying and doing things that make them seem quite in command even controlling having learned in childhood to to please and placate their parents most of them can be managerial with others and in ways that convey a contrary message about themselves quite remarkable right to hide from others and also from themselves that their lives really feel out of control what the codependent person will do is become the person that others depend on making them look stronger mentally and emotionally than they actually really are in fact it's it's, it's precisely because they believe they can't or shouldn't depend on others and again, consider their self-absorbed caretakers. Remember that story. Remember that, 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 that setup right there. That they, they link their acceptance by others to administering unto them. Become, they become professional volunteers, routinely going beyond the call of duty to demonstrate their worth. They spent a lot of time trying to convince others what to think, how to feel, and what to do. Here again, the underlying motive is, is not so much to control others, but to feel more secure in their relationship to them. Repeatedly, they repeatedly do favors for, give gifts to, or anticipate the needs of others though mostly to influence others' reactions to them, making their magnanimity, magnanimity a kind of a bribe. You, you see how this codependence is, 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 is shaping up, right? 
and you actually might know some people that that are like this but never quite couldn't quite put your finger on it as to how they are what they are well they're codependent hey sharon how you doing because it's good to see you (laughs) it's good to see you on here The codependents tend to encourage others to let them be their caretaker or their confidant or otherwise become indispensable to them in the hope of eliminating any chance of abandonment, which actually can be quite terrifying for them. They take on the role of problem solver, decision maker, support person, savior, or even rescuer. They use sex to optimize the chance of acceptance. Confusing sex for real intimacy, which, given their past, is quite problematic and confusing for them. They manipulate people and situations by way of connecting or, whether it be artificially or genuinely, they they manipulate these connections these this bonding with them now it's important to note that in all these instances the codependent's behavior whether controlling manipulative supportive super responsible sacrificial or rescuing is driven by the same never-met childhood need to be fully, unconditionally accepted by their caretakers. And that includes being able to feel safe and protected or attended to, empathized with, respected, esteemed, in one word, nurtured. So, In their seriously misguided adult quest for for conditional, unfortunately, conditional relational acceptance, there is very little that they will not do. They go above and beyond. This is a, a touchy subject, Jan. I, 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 ha- I hate to ask why, but why is it a touchy subject? Um, not to 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 put you under the spotlight or anything like that, but what makes this so such a touchy subject? And you know, you know me. You know this. This this is this is how I am. I, I asked that question to get a better understanding. Now, moreover, as it was already suggested, despite the pretense of strength and a non-self-interested desire to serve others rather than somehow inducing others to serve them, the underlying dependency of so much of their behavior should actually be obvious for 
literally giving themselves away to others is experienced by them as a as necessary if they are to alleviate their self doubts and self perceived deficiencies. Their very sense of self is as inauthentic as it is necessitates that they do all they can to receive others' approval. And they anticipate and cater to others' dependency needs, merely to shore up their shaky belief in their, worth in, in their worthiness. Finally, not really trusting others, for they could never trust their parents, who inevitably became their models for how to be in relationships. Their own carefully cultivated trustworthiness ironically sets them up to be taken advantage of. As similarly, their needy caretakers exploited their normal childhood dependencies to take advantage of them. The word codependent was originally employed as synonymous with the term enabler. As broadly defined, enablers assisted addicts in their compulsive dependency by taking responsibility for them, making excuses for them, or minimizing or denying the many repercussions of their dysfunctional behavior. Typically, their problems centered on excessive drinking, since the designation originally came from Al an Alcoholics Anonymous and their growing recognition that the problem drinkers' difficulties were best understood in the larger context of family and friends, who, however unwittingly, supported or at least enabled their diseased behavior. So, if codependents inadvertently promote what's detrimental to the health and well-being of the afflicted individual they're presumably helping just how helpful are they and well the answer is pretty much straightforward as sean byrne puts it in psychology today in 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 her psychology today blog presence of mind Quote, in dysfunctional helping relationships, one person's help supports or enables the other's underachievement, irresponsibility, immaturity, addiction, procrastination, or poor mental, physical health. Mental or physical health. End quote. And the helper does this by doing such things as rescuing the other person from self-imposed predicaments bearing their negative consequences on them accommodating their unhealthy or irresponsible behaviors and taking care of them such that they don't develop or exhibit competences normal for those of their age or abilities the codependence actually cultivating the addict's dependency on them doesn't much help themselves either. 
the addict might fulfill their need to be needed and thus valued by another. But the relationship impedes their growth also. It prevents them from growing up and becoming autonomous, self-expressive and self-validating. In a sense, the relationship, though curiously stable, is regressive for both parties. Undoubtedly, they can lean on one another, the addict more for mental sustenance, the codependent more for emotional security. But the union doesn't begin to reflect any sort of healthy dependency or interdependence. Additionally, if the addict's drug of choice is alcohol or anything else, including activity or process addictions uh, like gambling, the codependent's drug of choice is the addict himself or herself. Which is to say that both of them will require treatment if they are to recover from their pathological dependency. And though there isn't space here to go into the various options that might assist them in becoming the, a, 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 a true adult, there are many articles and books that could guide them. Now, if anyone that is listening personally identify with what I've been presenting then you know at at very least this information should help you to better understand uh, such an important and all too common phenomenon and potentially it might be useful in your dealings with those who have such a complicated and convoluted disorder. It's not to say that you're going to be trying to write anyone off. It's not to say that you're going to be subjecting anyone to isolation. It's not to say that you're going to enable them in their dependency. It's that you now become aware. You've become aware of their actions. You've become aware of yourself. If it is you, awareness is turned on at this point. Now you've become aware. What do you do? You do something about it. You, you, you take certain steps. Um, so this is a touchy subject as, as, as commented here. On Facebook, this is a touchy subject because a lot of people have suffered from this, especially if you've been raised by others than your parents, thinking that they've done something wrong. So they try to please people, thinking that they will make people love them. Yeah. It is... It is... That wanting... That... that depending on someone to be dependent on you that you're feeding off and when you think of of the individual that may be going through something like that you would think of the narcissist if you didn't think about it before that's what comes to my mind 
I don't know if that's that's what triggered in in your thoughts, but that's definitely what's triggered triggered in mine when I when I go through this information. I think of the narcissist when it comes to codependency and that narcissist manipulating the 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 person that they're with so that they end up being dependent on them that right there for me you know just just puts it in a in a nice little package so psychcentral.com looks at codependency versus in- interdependency and the author says I was surprised to learn that uh, this grove of aspen trees is actually one organism sharing one root system. Each of us also is a community of 70 trillion cells that work together. Biologist Bruce Lipton believes that together we're one collaborative superorganism. And he he says he loves that social media allows us to connect to one another all over the planet. Society is highly specialized and interdependent so that few of us would know how to survive without running water, electricity, and a supermarket. We're also dependent upon our personal relationships. Human brains aren't fully developed for 18 years and psychological and financial independence from our parents takes even longer. Moreover, as adults, we depend upon others to fill sexual, social, and emotional needs such as, as, as friendships, communication, nurturing, appreciation, learning, love, and touch. The closer a relationship the more we're interconnected. So, there now becomes a great debate. Many claim that because we're wired for dependency, codependency is normal and shouldn't be considered a problem. They claim it is not only natural but healthy and beneficial to be dependent upon an intimate relationship. They blame the codependency movement for breaking up marriages and people's loneliness. He goes on to say, I agree that we all have dependency needs and that relationship and healthy relationships can meet those needs and greatly benefit us. However, codependency's detractors don't understand, and probably from a lack of personal experience, that Codependents don't reap those relationship benefits. Often they're in unhealthy relationships and they relate to others in unhealthy ways which, with, with, with patterns of obsession and self-sacrifice, dysfunctional communication and control which are both self-destructive and harmful to others. Not to mention hurtful. They're often abusive or allow themselves to be abused again numbers to call numbers to text to get you in touch 773-789-STU 773-789-7839 uh, 
don't be shy. Let me hear from you. Let's 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 talk about this. If you've if you've seen any of these traits in 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 people in yourself, you know, I'm I'm not trying to diagnose anybody. I have a DJ before my name, not a DR, but you know, let's 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 grow together. Let's learn to have acceptance through enlightenment, and the 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 enlightenment is what sparks the acceptance you don't have to be in agreement when enlightened that's not what the the acceptance is the acceptance is that understanding codependent couples usually are out of balance frequently they are struggles for power and control there may be an imbalance of power or, or one partner may have taken on responsibility for the other. They're often anxious and resentful and feel guilty and responsible for their partner's feelings and moods. Then they try to control each other to feel okay and to get their needs met. Rather than respect each other's separateness and individuality, they can't tolerate disagreement and blame one another for causing their problems without taking responsibility for themselves. Sometimes what they dislike in their partner is the very thing that they can't accept in themselves. Despite their pain, they can feel trapped in the relationship because they fear that they cannot function on their own. Their mutual codependency and insecurity also makes intimacy threatening. Since being honest and known risks rejection, um, since being honest and known risks rejection or disillusion of their fragile self. Now, like aspen trees, on the surface, they may appear to be physically or even mentally and emotionally independent. Yet, at an unconscious level, they're two insecure adults dependent on each other to express a whole for instance uh, a, a woman who has trouble expressing anger marries an angry man who expresses it for her or a man who is extremely closed and shy marries a woman who is emotionally open and gregarious they need each other to express their full humanity. In other cases, it's more obvious than one partner needs uh, that, that that one partner needs the other for emotional stability, as in the case of alcoholic relationships. Financial dependence doesn't necessarily create codependence, where the dependent partner has good self-esteem and emotional support outside the marriage. Even spouses who appear more capable and stronger may be equally dependent on the relationship. They need someone to care for in order to feel needed, worthwhile, and not alone, while their partner feels valued by receiving. Interdependent couples, on the other hand, paint a different picture. What makes interconnections healthy is that interdependency, not co-dependency. Paradoxically, interdependency requires two people capable of autonomy 
the ability to function independently. When couples love each other, it is normal to feel attached, to desire closeness, to be concerned for each other, and to depend upon each other. Their lives are intertwined and they're affected by each by and need each other. However, they share power equally and take responsibility for their own feelings, their own actions, and their contributions to their to the relationship. Because they have self-esteem, they can manage their thoughts and feelings on their own and don't have to control someone else to feel okay. They can allow for each other's differences and honor each other's separateness. Thus, they're not afraid to be honest. They can listen to their partner's feelings and needs without feeling guilty or become defensive. Since their self-esteem doesn't depend on their, upon their partner, they don't fear intimacy. And dependence doesn't threaten their relationship. In fact, the relationship gives them each more freedom. There's mutual respect and support for each other's personal goals, but both are committed to the relationship. That is the big difference when you look at codependency and interdependency. So, how then do you break free from being codependent? How do you then grow into an interdependent relationship? Before we answer that question, um, I want to thank Althea for being this previous segment sponsor and to thank Reggae Global Entertainment for sponsoring this current segment that we're in. Reggae Global will act as your booking agents, handle your tour management, take care of your copywriting, your publishing, trademarks, business registration, legal service referrals, music production, marketing and promotion, and more. Reggae Global has a brand new phone number, 9548048199, that you can call between the hours of 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern. You can also visit Reggae Global Entertainment at reggaeglobalentertainment.com. Check them out. See if what they provide is what you need. And tell them DJ Kevin Stew sent you. If you're just tuning in, welcome to the broadcast. Um, big ups to those listening in on NIE Radio. Much love to you. Those who are locked in on TuneIn Radio on the night shift with DJ Kevin Stew. Big ups, big ups, big ups to you. Um, if, if you're tuning in by way of the podcast, so you're, you're, you're catching this um, after now when we're doing it live, you can catch us live Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays between, from 10 p.m. Eastern until, well, most times 12, 12 midnight 
but definitely starting at, at 10 p.m. Eastern. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Mondays Community and Finance. Tuesdays is, is Healthy Love. And Wednesdays is Real Talk, also known as Marlon's favorite night shift broadcast. And though each is their own theme, they're all connected. Because they're all aspects of who we are and how we live. Now, as it relates to breaking free from codependency, again, you initially have to recognize some of the signs of what being codependent or being in a codependent relationship are. These being providing money to support a habit, denying the problem, Avoiding conflict at all costs, even if it means denying that there is even a problem. Um, feeling responsible for your partner's thoughts, feelings, and actions. Making excuses to cover up your partner's substance abuse, for example. Uh, calling in sick to work for them when they are hungover. Saying yes to your loved one when you want to say no. Providing care for the person when addiction symptoms present, uh, present themselves physically. Putting your partner's needs above your own. Neglecting your own self-care and needs. And turning to drugs or alcohol to cope with the stress of, or dysfunction of the situation. Now... In looking back at, at, at some of the, the areas of codependency that we've covered in order to recognize how to, to, to break free from it, you have to recognize that many psychological experts believe that codependency is a learned behavior that is induced early in life. Research suggests that codependency often originates from experiences within the family of origin. So, if you find that you have codependent behaviors, it's more often than not because that is the kind of the family structure that you were brought up in. Now, some of the effects of codependency, of course, you know, it, it, it can cause the person who is doing the rescuing to feel extreme amounts of anxiety and emotional distress. Codependency, codependency can lead to alcohol and drug abuse as well as eating disorders and other mental health problems. A codependent relationship may be so consuming that all other relationships unravel. A person may even lose the ability to keep up with responsibilities outside of that relationship. So, how does one even start to look at overcoming codependency. Now, of course, it, it can be hard. Breaking the chains of codependency, according to caredfor.com, is a lengthy process that is at best undertaken with the help of a therapy, a therapist or another professional. And there are some general guidelines on overcoming codependency. 
one thing that all codependent relationships have in common is a lack of boundaries. Two people in a codependent relationship may be so enmeshed that they don't realize that boundaries can and should exist. A boundary is a physical or emotional limit that a person sets to protect their own identity and well-being. In healthy relationships, boundaries are established and honored as a part of the natural give and take process. Two people in a codependent relationship cannot establish or honor boundaries due to rooted beliefs about their worth or purpose. Again, looking at, 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 at how codependent individuals are. Boundaries is, is only going to cause problems in that relationships, in, in those relationships. So, is it possible to set boundaries? Yes, it is. After relating to another person in the absence for, of of any for so long it is possible to set boundaries and the process often starts with identifying your feelings do you feel resentful that you're being taken that you're being asked to do something or uh, you're tired of neglecting your instincts your feelings of of of, or your life responsibilities to maintain peace with another person these may be signs that it's time to set up some boundaries. It's important to refuse requests that violate your personal beliefs or your principles. You may, for example, need to communicate that you will not lie on behalf of your loved one when asked to provide a, a cover story. Having a clear no lying policy in place protects you from having to justify your boundary for every specific scenario where you're asked to lie. So, if your your partner is an alcoholic and they're drinking on a work night and they're asking you to cover up for them to say that they're not feeling well, which is why they're not at work, this policy, putting this boundary in place, then protects you from having to justify that. And it, 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 it should help in alleviating that demand that they are placing on you to lie on their behalf. That's how that works. If you're the one living with the addiction... It's important to consider your willingness to attend events or to have interactions that place you near substances. Is seeing your family more important than avoiding a family picnic where alcohol will be served? That's a legit question. You may not have realized that you could refuse an invitation for the sake of protecting your sobriety if you've been living without personal boundaries. It's also possible that you may simply need to set up limits for how long you will stay at events as a way to protect your sobriety. Each boundary is highly personal. 
And again, it's a boundary. It is something that, 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 that you negotiate as you go along. And you may move, uh, you may advance it or even re- recline it, retreat it as, as may be, as re- retract it as is necessary. It's a boundary. It's not a rule. It is not something set in place to control someone else. It's something set in place to protect you. Now, the big thing to remember about setting boundaries is that you're not doing it for the sake of controlling or eliciting actions of another person. Boundaries are only done for the sake of self-care. Like I just said, they must be set with the knowledge and acceptance of the fact that you that only you can set and manage your boundaries. The perception and reaction of the other person is not your problem to solve. How they feel about your boundaries is not your main concern. And if they're in so much opposition to your boundaries that it causes a rift in the relationship, it causes even the end of the relationship, then guess what? You're much better off. Because you get to honor your boundaries. It can be extremely difficult to untangle from a codependent relationship. Identifying your participation in a codependent relationship or codependent dynamic is a first step to unfurling yourself. It's important to say that exciting codependency, or sorry, Exiting codependency does not necessarily mean exiting a relationship. It simply means that you are relearning how to relate to and love a person through boundaries and self-care. The journey is not usually an easy one. That is why seeking help for addiction codependency is critical in learning new patterns. Something very good is waiting on the other side of an unhealthy cycle. The scary thing about cycles is that they come back to a point. And if you are in a codependent cycle, at some point you're going to come out of it, but you're going to go back into it. If you stay there, then it isn't a cycle. If you keep going back, it's the cycle, right? You want to break that cycle. That is, not all cycles are, are meant to exist. In this case, being codependent where it, 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 it affects you negatively is not one that should exist. Anything negatively affecting your growth development your 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 life is not something that you want to keep so the the question then becomes how do you build a relationship based on interdependence if codependence is all you know verywellmind.com says most of us value connections with others And it is especially true in our romantic relationships. In fact, 
we are wired for connection and it allows us to create bonds and intimacy with our partner. The success of long-term relationships depends heavily on the quality of our emotional connection with each other. When we think of our ideal relationships, we often think of a wonderful, close, lifelong relationship with our most important person. Or persons, as the case may be, in, in some forms of relationships. How do we build that kind of relationship? That cozy, safe, long-term bond with someone who we know has our back for the long haul. A relationship that gives us the freedom to be ourselves. That supports our growth and allows us to have flexibility with each other. One of the key elements is understanding the difference between interdependence and codependence. So, interdependence, once again, suggests that partners recognize and value the importance of the emotional bond they share while maintaining a solid self of, sense of self within the relationship dynamic. An interdependent person recognizes the value of vulnerability, being able to turn on, to, to turn to their partner in meaningful ways to create emotional intimacy. They also value a self, sense of self that allows them and their partner to be themselves without any need to compromise who they are or their values system. Being dependent on another person can sound scary or even unhealthy. Growing up, we're often taught an overinflated value of independence to become to be somewhat self-contained, with a high value placed on not needing others for emotional support. As valuable as having a, a sense of independence is, taken to an extreme, this can actually get in the way of being able to connect emotionally with others in a meaningful way. Emotional intimacy with a partner can be difficult to achieve. Even scary are not seen as, as particularly valuable in a relationship for those who have extraordinarily self sent an extraordinary sense of of independence now do remember interdependence is not the same as being codependent a codependent person tends to rely heavily on others for their sense of self and well-being there is no ability for that person to distinguish where they end and their partner begins there is an enmeshed sense of responsibility to another person to meet their needs and or for their partner to meet all of their needs to feel okay about who they are. Traits of the codependent relationships in, again include things like uh, poor or no boundaries, people-pleasing behaviors, Reactivity, unhealthy, ineffective communication, manipulation, difficulty with emotional intimacy, controlling behaviors, blaming each other, low self-esteem or on of, of, of one or both partners, no personal interests or goals outside the relationship. 
codependent relationships are not healthy and do not allow partners room to be themselves, to grow, to be autonomous. These unhealthy relationships involve one partner or both relying heavily on the other and the, uh, and the relationship for their sense of self, for their feelings of worthiness and overall emotional well-being. There are often feelings of guilt and shame for one or both partners when the relationship is not going well. Um, I'm missing some comments here. Um, spending time with yourself, finding that balance, fear, face it and respect it. Do not accept it. Yeah, I, I like that, Jen. I like that. Um, seeing messages here all over. <laughs> okay, so that one doesn't apply to this broadcast. Um, Darlene Lanzo, therapist and codependency specialist, explained that codependency involves someone who has lost their core sense of self so that his or her thinking and behavior re revolves around someone or something external, including a person, a substance, or an activity, such as sex or gambling. Now, what is it that makes interdependence healthy for a relationship versus codependence? And, you know, as, 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 as we were growing up, we would learn that things that relating to co would be good. To cooperate, that's a good thing. To cohabitate, we're living together with and, and helping each other to have a successful home, to, to build, to co-produce, you work together to produce something. Even co-conspirators, <laughs> uh, you, you're working together, right? But in this case, being codependent, now you lose your sense of self. And that is where it becomes dangerous. Interdependence involves a balance of self and others within the relationship. Recognizing that both partners are working to be present and meet each other's physical and emotional needs in appropriate and meaningful ways. Partners are not demanding of one another and they do not look to their partner for feelings of worthiness. This gives each partner space to maintain a sense of self, room to move toward each other in times of need, and the freedom to make these decisions without fear of what will happen in the relationship. A healthy, interdependent relationship has several features and things to look for in a healthy relationship that is not codependent include healthy boundaries, Active listening, time for personal interests, clear communication, taking personal responsibility for behaviors, creating safety for each other to be vulnerable. And again, vulnerable, being vulnerable is not being weak. Um, engaging and responding to each other. Healthy self-esteem, being open and approachable 
with each other. When partners feel cherished and valued, the relationship becomes a safe haven and a place where the couple can be interdependent. They understand that they are not alone in the relationship. They can turn toward each other safely in times of need and feel secure that their partner will be present. The key to building an inter interdependent relationship is to be mindful of who you are from the beginning. Now, many people, many times people are, are, are looking for or entering relationships simply to avoid feeling alone without any personal reflection of who they are, what they value, and their goals for the relationship. Taking time for this kind of personal reflection allows you to enter a new relationship with the awareness of self that is critical for the establishment of an interdependent relationship. That, 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 that finding of self right there, and this is Kevin Stewart talking. This is not the information that, that I have found that I'm presenting to you. This is Kevin Stewart talking. This, this, this recognition of self, that discovery of self, is, is very important, in my opinion, to how you advance in any relationship. It is what I believe is, is, is at the foundation of interdependency. Because now you are aware of who you are. You're aware of what you will do. You're aware of the things you like and the things that you don't like. And you, 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 you put boundaries in place that say, you know, this is something that I don't like you doing because it affects me in this way. So I don't like it. So if you're going to do it, you can do it over there. I'm not telling you that you cannot do it. I'm just saying, please don't do it with me or around me. And so this, this recognizing the things that you like and the things that you don't like, recognizing your goals that you want to a a accomplish, recognizing that someone else may have goals, that they have dreams, that they have things that they like and the things that they don't like. It, it, and then to be able to put those two together individually and live in harmony and grow and build together. That is how you get to that point with the recognition of self and understanding that you stand alone, but you are not alone in where you stand. If that makes sense to, to, to you guys out there. So, licensed psychotherapist Sharon Martin suggest it is important to maintain a sense of self in your intimate relationships. She suggests some, some ways to do this include knowing what you like and what matters to you. Not being afraid to ask for what you want. Spending time with friends and family. Continuing to pursue your personal goals. Being mindful of your values. Making time for your hobbies and interests. Not being afraid to say no. That's a big one. And not keeping yourself small or hidden just to please others. Allowing your partner room 
for an opportunity to do to do these same things will be key to establishing a healthy interdependent relationship starting your relationship in this way can allow for the development for, of a safe space for both partners to learn how to turn toward each other intimately without fear of losing themselves or being controlled or manipulated interdependent relationships do not leave people feeling guilty or scared of their partner or the relationship but rather leaves them feeling safe with their partner take time to reflect on who you are and what you want in your most important relationships be mindful of being mindful of this in in the dating process can help to ensure that your relationship will be healthy and more solid for the long term it gets tricky when you've been in a relationship for an extended period of time and then you realize you know um this particular thing is not me this particular thing is me and then you have to express that to a partner from personal experience i can tell you that is 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 one of the most scary things to do to learn something or to 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 come to terms with something about yourself and having been with someone for an extended period of time to say to them boy you know this is what i've realized this is how i realize that i am this is who i realize that i am this is what i realize that i like and this ends up being a change in the relationship because now the person that you're telling this sees this as but you didn't say this before what is bringing about this change why are you telling me this now why couldn't you have told me this before and now this becomes a conflict and the relationship ends up being stressed when you recognize that this is something that you not should do but you must do then you start changing the dynamics of your relationship and again not all change is bad but change is necessary because change comes with growth anything that does not grow is stagnant anything that is stagnant is dead now navigating these changes can be quite challenging and this is dj gavin's you talking this is not information from some doctor somewhere that i have found from my own experience i can tell you navigating this type of change is stressful it is not the easiest thing to do what is necessary it is necessary it is necessary for you the individual that has recognized that 
this change has to be made. It is recognized. It is, it is necessary for the, in, the other person in the relationship to recognize who you are, to recognize what they're dealing with. It is important for the, the continued growth of that relationship. And the, and the growth of that relationship could very well be the growth to the end of that relationship. That's not something that, 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 that people would see as growth. But as individuals, if you're going to move forward, it may very well mean the growth towards the end of that particular relationship that you're in. It doesn't mean that you dislike that person that you're with. It doesn't mean that you, 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 you are, are now hating. It doesn't mean that love has ended. It means that that chapter of your of your life that relationship that you're in at that particular point in time has come to a point where it has to change and it is for you the individuals that are involved at that point to recognize that 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 change is is is, is time for that change and how you're going to navigate it tough stuff nothing to sneeze at nothing to to just chuckle and say hey you know i did this it it takes work. It takes effort. Hey Nikki, how are you doing? It's been a minute. Good to see you. Relationships are typically hard work. Not impossible work. But it's generally hard work when you're at the point of creating them. You're, you're, you're trying to navigate through how the relationship is supposed to look. And, you know, it, 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 it's, it's normal to see it as hard work when you're setting it up. Typically, things that you're setting up, is, that's the hardest. When you're maintaining it, that's, that's when it becomes easy. And because of the nature of relationships, you get into these relationships and, and you say, boy, you know, this is how I'm going into this relationship and this is how it's going to be. And this is how you expect it to stay. Because it's, it's all honeymoon. It's all uh, rainbows and unicorns and butterflies. But even with rainbows... Either the sun comes out all the way and the rain clouds go away. Hence the rainbow goes away. Or the light gets drowned out. Either way, the rainbow goes away. Flowers fade. Butterflies die. And the cycle starts all over. It is said nothing lasts forever. But we can enjoy the things for the duration that they last. It doesn't have to be horrible. And even in their ending, it doesn't have to be that detrimental. Yes, you'll miss it. It's like when people pass away and people transition, you miss them. 
but nothing and no one lasts forever. The moment we start to recognize that as not necessarily a bad thing is the moment that we can move closer towards change and growth. We're going to take a quick break and then jump off Facebook Live. Um, 773-789 still gets you in touch with me. I'm going to jump off Facebook Live. I'm going to jump into musical therapy. Um, you can still tune in to Tune In Radio, the night shift of DJ Kevin Stew on Tune In Radio or on NIE Radio, NIE uh, Radio.com. You can, you can tune in to, to the rest of the broadcast there. KevinStew.com will be back soon and very soon. Those of you who um, are tuning in late and want to listen to the entire broadcast, the podcast will be up by tomorrow. The podcast will be up. If, you, if you're if you not yet following the podcast, it is The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. You can search for it on, on, on all platforms. Um, iHeart, TuneIn, uh, Google, um, Apple... Anchor, Spotify, Amazon, um, Audible. Am I leaving any out? I'm, I'm, I'm probably leaving some of them out. But the, the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew, the podcast is available everywhere. And there is the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew on YouTube. So you can see the broadcast also, if that is what you're into. Thank you once again for your support. Thank you for participating. Truly appreciate love you. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to bounce off Facebook Live. Jan, thank you for your comments. Truly appreciate love you. As always. Y'all take care if you're not going to join with me for the remainder of the broadcast for Musical Therapy. Y'all take care of yourselves until the next time. Remember, I am on reggaeglobalradio.com this Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, with the Saturday Stew, where you get the more musical side of me. And of course, in the Saturday Stew, you get pre-life with Red Fox and the secret ingredient. For you guys on Facebook Live, good morning, good afternoon, good day to you wherever you are in the world. From here in South Florida, good night. If you're not jumping over to listen to the remainder of the broadcast on TuneIn Radio or on NIE Radio. Y'all take care. Peace, love, blessings. Multimedia Group, innovative streaming and recording, has done it again. A new way to get your business in full view of your neighborhood consumer through AdShare TV. It's available in your neighborhood today. It's easy. Just call us, 754-999-6020. Become a host today and place a TV monitor in a strategic location so it's easy to see. Get a one-minute video ad or longer that plays anywhere in our network. Can't be a host? No problem. For a few dollars, we'll run your 30-second video ad. 
A host can run announcement specials like buy one get one free or discount ads. Let's turn your flyers into a 30 second video with music or a voiceover or let us create and run your video ad with a spokesperson. Take advantage of our early enrollment discount. Join us today. Your ad will be seen at least 30 times per day in your AdShare TV neighborhood. It's easy. Just call us. 754-999-6020. AdShare TV, part of Pulse Media Group. my people check out i read funks on reggae global radio every saturday at 8 p.m with kev stew we all give you a pre-life brand new good for you kick away like a ball if it was your dance all you hear that greetings and salutations this is dj kevin stew inviting you to bubble up and simmer down with me in the saturday stew right here on reggae global radio Get ready for the special segment called The Secret Ingredient, where you may hear from your favorite artist or producer. Saturday Stew happens every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time exclusively on ReggaeGlobalRadio.com, where we get high on reggae. Matthew 28:19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. With this in mind, and encouragement received during a South Florida media conference, The Church Links was birthed. The Church Links is an interdenominational worship service portal for churches, providing the tools to spread the word through technology in a cost-effective way. The Church Links, www.dahchurchlinx.com your links to worship and praise. Greetings and salutations one and all. You're invited to tune in to the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com, where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. Hey, I'm representing for DJ Kevin Stew, working on the Night Shift, the Night Shift radio show. Won't go changing like the weather, just to please the devil never. Will DJ Kevin's choose sell his soul? That's a word and honor. It's Christine to represent him. Word and honor. Celestia DJ Kevin's choice. I don't have no regrets. No regrets. But this thing that I won't forget. It's just you and nobody else now. Yeah. This morning, the first thing that I saw, my eyes popped open. Next to you, you are. 
Gregory. That's the title of the track right there. What a feeling. Want to say thank you to GMAP Music Solutions for sponsoring this segment of the broadcast called The Musical Therapy. GMAP Music Solutions provides sound, light, and stage production services, musical equipment, PA systems, audio engineers, DJs, bands, musicians, singers, and much more. Get them a call, 754-307-GMAC. That's 754-307-4622. Or check them out online, gmacmusicsolutions.com. Crescenti. It's called I Am Blessed.
new music from GAE. Track called A New Haiti. Joining in to musical therapy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Nine minutes to the top of the hour. Nine more minutes before I get on out of here. I could be. Lord, I thank you for loving me. 
As we close out this night shift week, I do want to remind you to look out for each other in the community. And the community is not just the development that you live in, but it spreads far and wide. So those that you pass on the bus, on the plane, on the boat, or the train, whether you walk, ride, or drive, these are members of your community. Do something for one of them today because you never know who's going to do something good for you tomorrow. My name is DJ Kevin Stewart, so I like to do it to you, for you, and with you every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 10 p.m. Eastern. Right here on the night shift to DJ Kevin Stewart. Go into the weekend. Don't worry, don't worry. I tell my mama don't. I do want to. Don't cry. Stress. Don't worry. That if you can't, you should be good. But if you can't be good, be good at it. I tell my baby, don't worry. I'm coming home tonight. Bouncing out tonight with the sound of singing sweet. I'll see if I can squeeze in one more before I go. But this one is called Don't Worry. Afternoon, good day, good morning. Blessings to each and every one of you wherever you are in the world. From right here in South Florida, I do bid you a good night.
Ladies and salutations, one and all. You're invited to tune in to the night shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The night shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment.